Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Brilliant. Now I'm recording and Joe's recording. Let's get started. Hello once again and welcome to another episode of the Game Global Podcast. I am Kieran and as I always say, this is the show that's here to give you free tools and resources that you can use to improve your dating and your sexual goals. Before we get started with today's episode, I just want to remind you that the Game Academy launches on the 2nd of June. This will be your one-stop shop to go to to learn everything that you need to know in one place in order to improve your skills with women. Go to gameglobal.net forward slash GA for more info. Anyway, today's podcast is about a pretty sensitive topic. It's about anxieties about sexual performance, essentially not knowing whether or not you're good enough in the bedroom this is something that i've struggled with over the years it's something that joe struggled with at times as well and to be honest it's something that isn't really spoken about in our community this community on the whole is it shows men how to be attractive enough for women to want to sleep with them but then it's like once you're in bed with the woman you're completely on your own i happen to know from coaching men that sexual performance is something that we all worry about like i said i've worried about it in the past joe's worried about it too and we feel it'd be good to have a conversation to speak about some of our experiences what we went through how we overcame them so maybe you can learn from our experience but mr joe elvin thank you for being here and welcome i'm excited to be here i'm perhaps too excited because it is a sensitive topic but yeah i'm excited to 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 share like um I mean, we said this a few times, haven't we? Like, we we want to help people, and the fact that we've gone through like bad experiences, that's good because now we can share those experiences and and help other people, and I think that is a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. It definitely, definitely is. So, what is your experience, and what has happened to you in the past sexually that made you feel inadequate, paranoid, confused, scared, etc.? This is, I mean, I pitched the idea to you to do this podcast because, uh, like, of an experience I had last year and I wanted to share because, like, I, I feel like I'm definitely on the other end of that now and everything is pretty awesome. And I remember I said to you, like, uh, I want to do this podcast. Perhaps it's not the most, like, popular topic, but if we could just help one person, like, overcome this, that would be, like, so fulfilling. But you thought that that this is like you said from teaching other guys that is, is something that a lot of men struggle with whether it's like comparing themselves to other people or just like not feeling good enough to impress the woman so I thought that was really interesting because you're right no one really talks about it to the man who's listening because I imagine the man who's listening on some level thinks he's the only person who deals with this actually no like everybody does and actually all women as well like women are terrified about their performance in the bedroom too so you're not alone none of us are alone in fact i've been having conversations with women lately like about things about sex well obviously you guys all know but when it comes to the bedroom they're just as terrified as us like everyone's scared so demystifying and removing some of the stigma is a really good thing in my opinion yeah and and before i I tell like my story of what happened like the reason i came to you obviously we run game global together but the last few podcasts you've been doing are about sex you've you've tackled that so well so i'm i'm confident that you know we could do this topic like justice as well so just wanted to say that thank Stroke you Stroke your ego thank you thank you <laughs> thank you appreciate it okay i have a fat smile now good. so let's get cracking. good all right so i think i think before like i go into like the story like i think it needs some like context and this will be useful for a lot of guys as well. So when I first started having sex at like 18, okay, I kind of was like okay at it. Like my first girlfriend, like it was bad. I was nervous, come too quickly. I think that's pretty common when when you're like it's just starting out. But then going on, like like I said, I thought I did an okay job, but like it was always like an effort to like last like a long time and like really get the girl off definitely when i was younger i was never choosing to come it just it just happened like it just became too much when i moved to london my lifestyle completely changed i exercised a lot like i cycled to work every single day 10 miles there 10 miles back 
I take up boxing, training for boxing, training for fights, okay? My diet changed massively as well. A lot more fruits and vegetables, a lot less processed foods. Also, I gave up alcohol, okay? And like, I didn't know it at the time, but these are all things that are gonna help. I, I actually, I even just researched this today to make sure it's like scientifically proven. These are all things that help like increase your like blood flow all around the body, including to your penis. And you just end up getting like much more powerful, strong erections from doing all this. Uh, I, I got had a girlfriend at the time who at the time was the most gorgeous I'd ever been with. So with her, like it was just like, oh my, like these, like I said, these powerful erections within like seconds of touching her. And also with her, like I found that I could now come when I choose to come. Okay. Because of these things, look it up for yourself. Uh, like how cardio exercise, especially, helps with the blood flow. Fruits and vegetables, really, really good. Giving up alcohol can help as well. So this isn't just to big myself up. It's just important to like paint that picture because of what happened next. And if you have anything you want to add, yeah. So what I would add, because you briefly mentioned cardio. So about ten years ago. Bearing in mind, I'm in my mid-30s for anyone who's like, what? You were adult 10 years ago? Yeah, I was. Sadly. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> so 10 years ago, I started doing interval training. Interval training is a type of cardio where you alternate between going ridiculously fast, like sprinting, like you're running from a zombie, and then jogging. You sprint for a minute, you jog for a minute, you sprint for a minute, you jog for a minute. You do that for 10 minutes and it literally burns eight times more cat more calories and fat than you would burn if you were just going a steady state for like 40 minutes but the point is this i started doing that for fat loss and i lost loads of fat but i noticed that my erections were incredibly strong and i was like what the hell's actually going on also i noticed as well did i say that like joe when i like ejaculated it would shoot across the room it's like it was like it was like it was coming out of a shotgun. It's, what the hell's actually going on? But that's actually interval training. It like it boosts your testosterone and it does some really good things to your penis. So anyone who's listening, well, that might be something for you to try. For sure. Um, and I, I, I didn't take the time to research whether this is scientifically true, but I'm pretty sure there's a link between stronger erections and lasting longer. That's been my experience there, anyway. There ha- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There, there, there is, there is. Okay, so, so those are some basics. Those are some basics, and, and I've got more stuff coming later. But yeah, yeah, thing, things change. And like, I want to tell, tell one story in particular because it's a good example of like bad sex. And po- probably the listener has, has, or can all have had at least one situation like this presuming that, that they, they get laid at all like so i'm just gonna tell it okay we need a fake name you want to give me a fake name kieran josie josie oh okay we're, we're gonna call her we're gonna call her sarah sarah i never dated a sarah josie is too okay so i met sarah in malaysia we we met at a bar we spent the whole night together but i never pulled her home but we followed on each other on Instagram and we text just all, always, always while I was in other countries meeting other women because that's what I do, not during lockdown, but before I was just traveling the world. Then I came back to Kuala Lumpur, okay? And this was at the time when you were sharing like a lot of like your screenshots of sexting on social media. And like when you were sharing those, like that blew my mind. Okay, perhaps you guys have seen it as well. He still posts in order to like even more during lockdown, actually. Kieran's some of the sexual conversations that he's posted like now and still now, like, but definitely back then, like, it would shock me. Like, I never knew that it was possible to have a woman open up like the way they do to him before they've even met. Okay, like, I was always having the belief like, you have to play along with the facade that they're all innocent Disney princesses until like until they like show you otherwise and then you have to like be a like pretend <laughs> pretend to be a gentleman if you know what i mean <laughs> and then find an ex- an innocent excuse to invite them home 
and kind of then then like the real like the real like sexualness comes out of them but apparently not apparently not because I've been seeing Tinder's uh, sorry Kieran's Tinder conversations and I decided I want a piece of this action so I sent a photo to this girl Sarah something to add to that is that I've said this a few times but it does bear saying again that women have a lot of pressure placed on them by society to act like something that they're not and honestly like with all of the slut shaming and stuff and oh my god you know she's filthy she's a tramp blah 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 that's what they have to deal with but they're just as sexual as us they're mammals at the end of the day and they have a biological drive to reproduce which is why there's billions of us on the planet if 50 percent of the species wasn't that interested in having sex there wouldn't be that many of us would have died out long ago so i look at the average woman as honestly being similar to a gay man who's pretending to be straight which is he's gay he likes men but he's married to a woman and he's trying to fight it that's kind of the way that i approach them so the way i engage with women the way i'm able to help them to open up to show certain sides of me is because it's i make it clear that i actually don't judge them in the least and that is completely natural and because i don't judge them that comes across and then they feel it and they believe it so yeah that's what i'd say and to any guy who's listening a lot of the difficulty that you have had where it comes to being physically intimate with women is actually down to the fact that you have some sort of judgment for their sexuality which is bleeding into your interactions that you don't even realize is there that is you should elaborate on that though what do you mean you might be with a woman and you will say something like let's say if a promiscuous woman comes up in conversation when you're speaking to a woman what do you say do you act like it genuinely doesn't bother you or do you then say something to the woman you're speaking to that lets you know that you think that this is wrong this is morally abhorrent if you're doing that then she's gonna twig that she can't show certain sides of herself around you and then as a result she's not going to want to show the sides around you in order to be judged or how comfortable are you with the notion of sexuality so people in general not even just women but men but especially women for the purpose of what i'm saying they're going to be as comfortable around a topic as you are as well so if you are in the mindset of okay you're a disney princess and i'm not going to speak about certain things because that would demean you you're gonna have an energy which is this is what is right it is right to be like this and it is wrong to be like that and she will actually feel that energy it's honestly quite subtle and it's hard to describe with words because it really is about your vibe it's like if your vibe is one that says whoa there's sex in the air and it's really hot and it's really sexy but it's fine then they'll be fine if you listen to the podcasts i've done with women i've done quite a few of them now half an hour in we're talking about pretty graphic sexual acts and if you notice my vibe with these conversations is that it's totally normal i'm not judging them at all there's not any part of me that's like you are a bad person for this in fact i think it's funny i support them i'm high-fiving etc and because they feel that it relaxes them and allows them to to share more and yeah that's that's kind of all i really have to say what i what i will try and say is that this area of game is hard for me to describe because it isn't really something i ever had to learn so fine i had to learn how to speak to women and how to make them laugh and stuff but i never had to learn how to not judge them for their sexuality how for that to come across because that's always been a part of who i am so i find it hard to specifically tell men how to not judge women other than just to say don't judge i think you did a great job of explaining it then and i think that's a really good point and i think people need to bear that in mind for the rest of the stuff we're going to talk about and also it's not just about talking about it it's about actually when you get into the bedroom and you start wanting to do it how comfortable you are as well this is something that i'll bring up again later for sure anyway back to the story with the malaysian girl sarah i've been seeing kieran's texts conversations he posted most of these on our facebook group by the way game global facebook if you want to see what i'm talking about 
So I wanted, I wanted a piece of this action. I wanted to try it for myself. So instead of like texting and inviting her on a, on a fancy date like I normally would, I sent a photo of red wine and whipped cream on my hotel bed. And I said, oh. come join. Yeah, this is inspired by you, Karen. Um, oh, Mr. Elvin. Yeah. Okay, at first, she, re- she replies, she plays innocent. She asks what the whipped cream was for. Okay, but again, inspired by Kieran, I held my frame, told her exactly what the whipped cream was fucking for. Okay. <laughs> and then she, she agrees to come round. Okay, but when she comes, like, this is actually the, the first time ever, like, we don't go on a date. She just comes straight to my house. I'd never done that before because I'd never tried. Anyway, she comes round, but like, there is tension. There is tension. I think she was on the defensive almost, right? Because she'd seen me on Instagram with all these pretty Asian girls, right? We're, we're texting and she's teasing me for being like a fuckboy. And now she's agreed to come round with the red wine and whipped cream. Obviously, she's going to be a bit defensive. Wow. She was, okay? So, like, instead of, like, throwing herself at me, she's sipping the wine. We're sharing a few, like, sex stories and stuff. But there's this weird vibe where she's, like, she's trying to prove she's more sexual than me. Like a, mm. like a competition. Like, she tells me she's insatiable. Oh, Yeah. I mean, I... That's a good word yeah, to hear. Yeah, well, I heard that word used in love songs. Like, oh, my God, insatiable. But, like, insatiable means, like, she can't be satisfied. Like, she's like, it's a real, pro- yeah. it's a real problem. She, like, she, she's framing it like it's a problem that, and I'm not good enough to cure it. And, like, I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I'm, I'm ready to f- cure your insatiability. Okay. But it's, it's this weird vibe where it's like, it's like competitive. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's strange. And it would feel, and it would feel like if, if we do get to having sex, it's going to be like a performance. Like, I have to impress her. Right? That's that's not good. And I know a lot of guys feel like that all the fucking time, no matter who no matter who it is. Anyway, when we transition to the bedroom, I'm I'm in my head. I'm in my head. Because of this vibe, like I I I'm, I just can't shake this need that I need to like impress her. I don't get hard straight away and I feel like for this girl that's gonna be a fucking problem. Okay? <laughs> like the the whole thing feels like an audition. Okay, there's, there's, no chemi- there's no chemistry. Yeah, this is how it feels. Okay. And, we, I mean, we got to it eventually, but it was rushed. I came too quickly. And afterwards, she, she made a point to reiterate that she was insatiable. Like, okay, great, thanks. You win, I guess. She said it again after yeah. you had yeah, sex. As if, as if like, she wins because I didn't satisfy her. Like, neither of us won, let's be, let's be honest. I mean, I mean, technically I won because I came and she didn't. <laughs> anyway, no, no. Like, I still remember. The thing is, though, no, like, we're laughing about it now and it's fine to laugh about it now because it was a long time ago. But I remember, the, like, the look of disappointment on her face. We've been texting for months. Uh, maybe it was, like, a full year. Like, I was excited to see this girl, right? And I was... I felt like I let her down and it was disappointing, Okay. I can imagine the truth is, even though I'm laughing, it's like I'm laughing out of, let's say, empathy because I can imagine how that would feel. And that actually feels horrible. It feels really horrible. I remember something similar happened to me some, some four years ago, five years ago, where there was a girl who I matched on a dating app and we had a couple of dates and our dates were always really sexually charged. Like we had good dates, but we only had like one or two. Fine. Then at some point, we were texting and it was getting really sexual and we started maybe talking on the phone and that was going really, really sexual. And we agreed that I was going to go around to her place to to fuck her, basically. And I did, but Joe, I didn't do a very good job. It's just the truth. And I remember, like, after we were finished, she said, okay, well, you need to leave now. And I just... I could just feel that disappointment. She wasn't satisfied at all. And it ate at me. It ate at me. Like, literally, it gnawed away at me for maybe a month or so. Because it's like, ah. I spoke a very big game before that actually happened. A very big game. But then the actual 
the actual act itself didn't match the build-up and it's like ugh. so i know exactly what you mean it's really interesting because there's this perception that great sex from a woman's point of view is when the man fucking gets the job done and he just pumps away like an Olympic athlete and he's twisting all the fucking right knobs at the right time and and doing all this thing. And of course that is part of it, of course. But also, and you know, if you've heard the last few podcasts, like you've heard it from women's mouths, like that's not it, is it? That's That's not everything. Like, like great sex is when people... They're both relaxed, they're both attracted to each other, they both want to please each other, and their connect- connection, that's a good word, they're connected, yeah? And the thing is, being connected is all about not being in your head. Yeah. Basically, being in that moment. Exactly. Something that just came to mind a second ago, actually, is like, if you've ever seen musicians jamming together where there's like a band and then they don't have a specific song it's just like there's a guy on the guitar and he starts riffing and then there's a guy with drums and he starts drumming in beat with the guitarist and then maybe a singer starts like humming like this is quite a common thing that happens with musicians where they just improvise music together on the spot sex is kind of like that you feel the mood and the energy of the situation but it's impossible to do if you're in your head yes because if you're in your head it's like if you're in your head you can't be in your body and that's where you need to be it's like if you were out of your head and in the situation you would touch her and she would go (gasps) and then you would like kind of hear that and you might even feel a little bit of what she felt as well Mm. but it's like oh you know And then that might inspire you to do something else, which then inspires her to do something. And then slowly it grows and grows and it builds. That is so true. And, and that band situation, like they're not thinking ahead. There's no past, there's no future. It's called flow state. Sexual flow. That, that yeah, exactly. That is what you're looking for. That is, that is when the fucking earth moves and it's, it's a spiritual connection as well as physical. Needless to say, me and this girl, Sarah, uh, we didn't have any of that. We weren't relaxed. She didn't really show any signs that she was... She didn't admit she was, like, attracted to me. Like, we, probably we didn't even care about pleasing each other. Like, it was... So, this is an example. And, yes, I was in my head the whole fucking time. When you... Great sex is about connection. When you're in your head, you're not with her. You're not... You might. She might as well not be there, almost. almost. Anyway... And you know what, though, going back to what you said about not being with her, so something I have found, especially from speaking to women in these sexual interviews, is that that is the main thing that they want. Like, it's the main thing in the bedroom. Like, she wants to feel like, in that moment, she's the only woman in the world or the only thing in the world that matters. And it's actually, it's a weird dichotomy because it's kind of like... We show guys that in order to attract women and to make them want to have sex with you, you can't be too obsessed with them because the more obsessed you are, the less interested they are. And that's very true. But that is until the bedroom. Once you're actually in the bedroom, it's a complete 180. Her body, her soul, her everything. That is the single most important thing in your life. There's nothing else. It's just that. Whereas I think, especially me in the past, but I think a lot of guys have it backwards. Well, maybe in this community anyway, where it's like they lavish attention on the woman outside of the bedroom, you know, like catering to her needs and whatnot at all times. But in the bedroom, they're so in their head that the woman doesn't feel seen. She doesn't feel heard. She doesn't feel connected, etc. And then it kind of ruins everything. Absolutely. And in fact, I think I think we've nailed the main message I want to get across is that this this is what this is what stops if if there are people listening and they struggle to get hard on like this is probably the reason. And and basically we can we can skip over a lot of what happened next really like basically and uh, almost definitely this has happened also to someone if they struggle with this. Like they have one bad experience and it's sti- it's traumatic and it sticks with them, and then the next time they're still thinking about the last time. 
yeah? And then again, and, and it snowballs, and it snowballs, and it snowballs. And this, again, this is because you're in the past. You're thinking of the past. You're not present, okay? You're still thinking, and it puts you even more in your head. Something I would like to say to anyone who's listening. Um, so the last episode I did was with Pavitra. Now, she said something I thought was very interesting. So I asked her what are some mistakes that men make in the bedroom. And she said, trying to be someone that they're not. Now, that is, when she said that, I was like, whoa, that's actually very true. And something else that I've noticed is a lot of people, sure women especially, but well, women too, have loads of shame and guilt around what they want in the bedroom. And like that's part of it as well. So let's say I wanted stuff shoved up my ass, which I'm quite pleased to say I don't. But let's say I did. Although, to be honest, I have wondered if that would actually feel nice. It probably would because I do like having a poo, but that's not the point. Point is, let's say I really wanted that. Right? I really did. And then I'm in bed, but I am scared because I don't want to say to this woman that I want that because I'll be embarrassed or something. Well, the truth is now that that's kind of blocking my ability to be present and in the moment. The presence comes from the fact that I want, like I'm just expressing my desires like completely you know I was with a girl some years ago actually and I remember she just like literally just started sticking a finger up there and I was like oh so it's funny she did it and I was like I'm gonna wait and I'm gonna see if this is for me I'm just gonna I'm gonna give it a proper chance decided it wasn't for me but the thing is this even though that wasn't actually for me I actually had really good sex with that girl in general because she actually just she was free she wasn't holding back at all it was actually very fun to be with her in bed in general now even though she did that one thing which wasn't necessarily for me if she was like scared and shy and blah 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 my whole experience of her would have been so much so different to how it actually was yes yes now now yes now this is exactly what happened to me actually so we don't need to go basically this is what it kept snowballing and snowballing and I moved to Thailand and there was just I went on a bit of a run of just like it was it was always rushed I had such amazing I live next door to the club okay so I was I was getting loads of girls back but it was always rushed it was always uncomfortable Uh, I I can't say for sure it was because of the, the traumatic experience before but for sure this is something that kept snowballing and this is the point I wanted to make because I was uncomfortable this also made the girl uncomfortable and that will always always be the case like there is never going to be a case where you are really uncomfortable and then she's just like oh but i I feel fine like like you said they don't feel seen they don't feel loved and this is going to make them put them in their head as well perhaps as unfair as it you might think it is like really it is your job as the man to be the one who is relaxed and is comfortable so that the woman can feel like that that's the same with approaches it's the same with pulling and it's the same in the bedroom do you agree with that for the most part i do i I basically do so the thing is all i want to say to this is you know how if you've been paying attention to me lately you've been noticed that i've been speaking about sort of hippie and spiritual women a lot more lately and something that i've noticed and it's actually kind of forced me to start to like reevaluate some of the assumptions that I had about women because women like that say women who are like say Pavitra from last week they don't come with a lot of the baggage that regular women do and much of the stuff that we take for granted as for how you just have to interact with a woman in general doesn't apply to women like that and what I've realized is is say women like that who spent a lot of time working on themselves and they're more let's say open because they're so open there's a level of trust and accepting and awareness and yeah let's just say trust again that they have for men that you don't get from the average woman in say western modern society and a lot of what me and you actually teach men where women are concerned isn't necessarily about female nature in general like most of it is i think i feel like about 60 to 75 percent of it or maybe 80 percent is actually this is female nature women are attracted to strong alpha males and that's just the way it is but then there is actually some which is actually in the fact that 
we live in a world where women are and everybody but still for the purposes of attracting women where women are scared and they're hurt and they're insecure and you're dancing around that fear and that insecurity when you're trying to meet them whereas there are women that don't actually have them so yeah i'm kind of talking in a bit of a circle but lately my notion of what is just like inherent femininity has kind of changed i mean slight tangent as well before we get going you know i've always been into like women who are into fitness and stuff like that what i've realized is that's not the main thing that i like at all the main thing that i like is the say spiritual ultra feminine women that's actually the main thing that really does it for me but the reason why i liked like the fitnessy women was because they weren't cowardly at all but what i have realized is that it's possible to be incredibly feminine yet actually still have strength which is what you get from say really in tune spiritual women ah that's really interesting yeah mm. and perhaps this is why you make fun of me for like the little timid shy little asian girls that i go for maybe i guess yeah yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the main message, if you haven't got it yet, that we're trying to communicate in this podcast is that it's the best way to overcome sexual inadequacy is to become present and to get out of your head. And we're going to get into how to do that towards the end, um, or I would like to anyway. Um, but first, I would like to talk about, because I wasn't smart enough to realise what was going on at the time, and I tried a whole bunch of other stuff before I started to decide maybe I should unlock my psychology. And I want to talk about these things because they help as well. They help as well, provided you also fix your psychology. So uh, I can talk about the things, the other things that I did before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So first thing I did was I got my uh, testosterone levels checked. Okay, because if a man has low testosterone levels, that might be a reason why he's struggling to get strong erections. Uh, That's all we need to really say about that. Um, but no, mine was well, well above average. So that that's good. No fap. I started doing no fap. Okay. Uh, I, the benefits are difficult to prove scientifically. It's just it's just word of mouth. Like, just you're with me, right, Kieran? Like everyone says it's amazing, but there's no like scientific proof. I don't. Uh, for sure, for sure. Like uh, the the idea is that it makes you hornier, and therefore log- logically more likely to get an erection. Uh, you want to add anything to that? I've been onto some NoFap websites, and from what I understand, there is actually quite a, a bit of scientific research about the benefits of basically not ejaculating. Well, not jerking off to porn. Or jerking off in general, really. Great. Yeah, because NoFap is about masturbation. Great. People act like anecdotal experience isn't like as valid as a clinical study, but it's like if if a man on youtube says hey i stopped masturbating and it made me much more masculine and then there's like another thousand men saying the same thing and you meet people you speak to people on websites and all saying yeah 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 dude it's like Mm. that's good enough for me like that's true if real people are having an experience why is that any less valid than a man in a lab coat who's like we put together a clinical study (laughs) yeah that's true and we're going to get into how i fix myself and that's just my story right so of course of course so also i got back into cardio uh i stopped eating soy again there's not a lot of scientific evidence about that but a lot of people saying that soy gives you more estrogen so i stopped doing that Uh, and that's hard because there's a lot of soy in thai food um i also want to talk about um there's a man his name is isle matt's liar He's like a, a sexual empowerment coach. I started watching his videos uh, about lasting longer in bed. Um, and a lot of what he teaches is about moving sexual energy. So we all have sexual energy inside us, okay? And he teaches you how to like... If you can learn how to move it away from your genitals into other parts of your body, then you can just go on and on and on and on. And uh, I've been playing with that a lot recently and it's really good. It's really good so i just wanted to mention that as well we should do an episode talking about that in more detail yeah we'll try and get him on get him on the podcast like uh he yeah it's it's yeah it's in my experience it's it's good what he talks about i mean i, I spoke to you about it briefly but i never really like admitted like the 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 
the extent of what was going on. In fact, I kind of blamed, the, I don't know if you remember, but I was blaming the girls. Like, oh, Kieran, all these Asian girls, they can never be comfortable around me. But now, now I see, like, you're blaming them, but it's, it's, I was the problem, for sure. And, like, and kind of, like I said, like, a lot of guys don't want to admit this sort of thing. But, and that's one last thing I want to say. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even mention it to the girls, Alright? Like, if, if it's, like, not going well and I'm not, like, really fully hard yet, I would never say to the guy, hey, listen, this is how I'm feeling. Alright? Because, to me, that was, like, weakness. That's how I felt at the time. We'll go into why that's not weakness to do that in a, in a, in a bit. So these were the things that I started doing. I st- then I moved to Jakarta. The problem kind of kept happening. A, a side note about Jakarta, like, Tinder as a white man in Jakarta is like is, is, is so it's like playing on easy mode like we have we have a video in game academy uh, called uh, i think it's called like 10 conversations that lead to successful 10 successful tinder conversations that lead to dates and like yeah i, I got those all done in like maybe like 12 days or something so it's crazy but the thing is that's just more and more just like bad experiences like just intensely bad 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 so it got basically it got to the point where I need to do something about this. So I went to see a hypnotherapist in Bali. And I want to talk about my experience doing that because I think it's really unique and interesting and helpful. Yeah, go on. Yeah. Kieran, have you ever been hypnotised? Yeah, years ago when I was like 18, 19, I went to see a hypnotherapist. But I, I literally went once and she started hypnotising me. This was in my I'm miserable and no one likes me phase. And it started working because I'm in, I'm in whatever trance I'm meant to be in. And she says, I'm going to talk to your subconscious. And when I do, your finger's going to start moving. So she started doing it. And then my finger actually did start moving. But then I think I got a bit scared. And then I consciously regained control of my finger. And then after that, I was just, I spent the rest of the session, like going along with what she was saying, but consciously moving my finger Mm. rather than being subconscious. That's interesting. so when a lot of people when they hear like hypnosis they think of like the entertainers that make people like cluck like a chicken and do things like that and uh yeah actually that i I, some one of those guys tried to hypnotize me as a kid but it didn't work um what what it actually is it's just a, a normal therapist but they put you into a deep state of relaxation that allows them to cut through like the inner noise of your conscious thoughts and communicate with your subconscious thoughts which is like most of the brain Okay, this the subconscious is where a lot of mental blocks are stored, like repressed, like a lot of people like repress like traumatic memories, and a lot of people develop bad habits or have mental blocks because of something that happened in their childhood which they've repressed. It's it's very common, very common. Maybe it's not like extreme, but I've most people have probably have this like baggage. Baggage is a good word. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so hypnotherapists they can help people overcome phobias help them overcome like uh ptsd or ocd or perhaps like performance anxiety on like performing music or sport or something like choking on the big stage hypnotherapists help all these people i think if someone had like a deep approach anxiety like a hypnotherapist would definitely be able to communicate with your subconscious and find out like the root of it and once they once they once they find that in your subconscious then it, they can start like the talking therapy and help people basically uh, interpret like the traumatic event differently and you mentioned this in a video recently Kieran it might have been yesterday or the day before even um, about how a lot of the pain we feel from traumatic experience or sadness or depression there's the pain itself and then there's the story we tell ourselves about what happened. Yeah, okay, so it's kind of like this. To anyone who's listening, let's say I walked past you and I sliced you with a razor blade and I slice your elbow and your elbow's now bleeding. You'll go, ah, I'm in pain. And what you'll think is that that whole feeling of pain is just one thing. You're in pain and you're crying in pain. Uh, actually, no. So there's the actual signal of you know your your nerves telling your brain that you're 
your skin has been cut that is a signal there is that but then there is the thoughts that you have in relation to that and the two things are completely separate if you go to youtube right now and type in buddhist monk self-immolation you will see video footage and i swear don't ask me why this is on youtube but it was at least like four years ago videos of buddhist monks sitting down meditating while they've been set on fire and are burning to death the reason why as their bodies are burning to death they're able to sit and meditate without crying and screaming or even moving is because there is the signal of their bodies burning to death but there's the story that they tell themselves they're refusing to tell themselves a story of ah, ah, ah. they're not telling themselves that story so as their bodies are burning to death they're like huh curious my body is burning to death i'm dying and then as a result they sit and they burn to death and they don't even flinch fundamentally that is the way we can approach any kind of pain in our lives we don't have to buy into it so on a you know rational level if you're in the gym and your exercise your workout is hard you don't have to be crying and screaming and telling yourself that you can't do it you can tell yourself a different story which is that i've got this and it's nothing if you're with a girl you don't have to tell yourself that you're not good enough you can tell yourself that you're amazing and that she loves you if a girl if a girl uh let's say ignores you she goes to you or something you don't have to go with that gut feeling which is that you're a crap person and you know you suck you're you're shit you're rubbish how could you not keep it you don't have to go with that you can tell yourself a different story you can see that pain for what it actually is and then choose to do something else off the back of it fantastic um so but this is a lot of what therapy is is the therapist will find they'll listen to the, the story that that the the patient i get the student has and then they will help them tell a different story and see it from a different perspective. That's what a therapist yeah, yeah, will do. That's probably yeah. a lot of what you do to to your to your people that you coach as well. Yeah, all therapy from my experience is basically getting people to reframe negativity. Mm. It's, it is like all about that. So you see yourself one way. We now need to get you to see yourself another way. So basically, a, a, a hypnotherapist does this, but she she hypnotizes you and. Speaks to your subconscious to find the problems. That's why a lot of people use it to overcome traumas. So we're going to talk about yeah. we're going to talk about how, how, what the hit the therapist did to help me change my perspective of what was happening to me and feeling inadequate. Okay, it's pretty crazy, but it was it's so powerful and it, it worked so well. First thing she did, she so I'm under hypnosis. She makes me picture that I'm five year old Joe. Okay. And I was so, so deep under hypnosis. I've never told this to Kieran before, by the way. I was so deep under hypnosis. It's like I was, I was him. I was five-year-old Joe. Okay. Um, this is like the inner child thing that you suggest to people that was so successful on YouTube. Me. Um, so anyway, she starts asking like whether I'm happy. She asks about my like relationship with my parents, things like that. But she's looking for childhood trauma, basically. But there was nothing there. I was super happy as a child. Like, it was awesome. <laughs> I thought I was awesome. Like, great job. Great job for my parents. Like, I just thought I was so awesome. Uh, yeah. So, she, anyway, so she, she's like, well, that, that didn't work. <laughs> so, she starts looking elsewhere, right? And I don't really remember how we got to it. She starts, she starts talking to 18-year-old Joe. Okay? And she mentions my first girlfriend and losing my virginity and immediately i started feeling all these emotions i thought oh my god oh my god oh my god that's it and even thinking about it now i'm kind of getting emotional like and i had no idea i had no idea at all like this is obviously something that's been repressed like i I mentioned like how like it was like bad with my first girlfriend right that obviously had the impact on me but and that i never even knew about so she dives deeper into this. She starts asking how I felt, what happened. I was explained how... Uh, so th- this this girl who I was with, uh, I was a virgin. Uh, she wasn't... And she'd she talk a lot about like she, how she'd been with a few guys. 
And this made me like nervous, and I started comparing myself to them. And I really loved her, and wanted to be better than them, and, and all this thing. So this put me in my head. We've talked about that already. Okay. So, so now she starts to reframe the story. Okay. So oh yeah, she asked. She asked if I ever talked to her about it. Uh, we better give her a name. We'll call her <laughs> Josie. We'll call her Josie. <laughs> you ever talked to Josie about it? I, I never did. I never did. I just plowed through because to talk to her about it would be weakness. That was my story. Yeah? That's not masculine. And then she starts to ask, why? Why is it weakness? And she really makes me think about that. And I say, oh, because it's a man's job to lead, to take control, to fucking dominate, to, to plow her stupid, like, however you like, and not be insecure. And then so, but then she's like, oh, but do you not think... Do you not think? Do you think it's good leadership to to completely ignore the situation when something is clearly wrong? How do you think that makes the girl feel? Do, do you think that she thinks? Then she, yeah, and exactly. Do you think that she feels not sexy? Do you think? Does she think that she's the problem? And basically, she talks me into realizing that a leader, someone who is strong, someone who is masculine, right? They would take control of the situation by addressing it okay listen i'm a bit nervous because of this this and this let's just take it okay let's just take it slow and she so this is the this is the different story she put in my head and we 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 want to put that in your head to the listener as well the last bit is really crazy is really crazy. She, she, then she was like, okay, now she wanted to picture that I was Josie. I was her. I was my ex girlfriend that I lost my virginity to. And I was, I truly believed I was her. I remember my mannerisms changed, the way I talked changed. Like I was her. How weird is that? It's crazy. And she starts asking questions to Josie. Okay, how did it feel when Joe couldn't get hurt? How did it feel when he couldn't talk to you about it? What if he told you how you felt now? What like what if he just told you? Joe told me he wanted just wanted to impress you. How does that make you feel? Do you have any bad feelings towards Joe now? Crazy experience. Last thing she did is she she basically she told me to like find the pain in my body that had come from this experience. And then she became the pain, and I was talking to the pain. Okay, and uh, and, she, and basically we came to the conclusion. I was like chatting away with this pain, and we came to the conclusion like it's a bit silly that I still live here inside you, isn't it, Joe? There's no point in me being here anymore, is there? And I was like, no, it's kind of silly. And then basically I took a deep breath, like blew the pain away, immediately felt lighter, and then. She brought me back, and that was that was the hypnotherapy. Um, and you you did that once, yeah. It, we were, I f- and then and the pain's gone. I mean, I felt I felt lighter, like immediately, like physical lighter. Um, and for sure, I'll tell I'll tell you what happened. Like after I got back to Jakarta, like uh, it, yeah, the first two girls that I slept with were girls that I'd already like <laughs> disappointed. But I have had absolutely no like worries about like just talking to them with absolutely no insecurity in my voice. Just look them in the eyes. Hey, listen, I had a bad like uh, experience uh, recently, so I just need you to be patient with me, and we need to take it slow. Is that okay? Immediately, you see in their face, they say it's fine. You see in their face that it is fine. After that, you're good to go. And and. And really, I've had hardly any problems. And if there are problems, you just tell it. Like, listen, I'm feeling this. They're like, you see in their face, like, they don't mind. And then it helps you relax. It helps you get present again. And then you're good to go. And how crazy that you would, anyone would think that that would be a problem, right? Like, that, that a girl might not want to take it slow. Like, a girl might not want to be patient. Like, if anything, the main thing that guy, girls complain about is that guys do the opposite and they just want to jam it in as soon as possible. Yeah? Hold on, when you say take it slow, what are we specifically talking about? Oh, so like if for any if any situation, like I can't get hard straight away because I'm nervous or I'm in my head, 
then I'm just like, listen, you need to be patient with me. You need, you need to be like present with me. And then, yeah, and you're just saying like, yeah. And then there's no rush. And then you just communicate that to them. They say it's fine. All of a sudden, you as the guy relax more. That's my experience anyway. And then you, you, you don't need to be patient because it's like you're ready to go once you learn to relax. That's, that's, that was my experience. This actually brings me onto something, which is a bit of a tangent, but it's something I've been thinking for a while. I feel like a lot of our community is kind of based on this adversarial nature between men and women and that you know your team man or your team woman and you can't be both and see like things we do like success with women that has to be a secret and women can't know about what we do but then on the flip side you know women have their secrets as well and it's a battlefield it's a battlefield and I feel like that's actually quite toxic. And I feel like the concept that what you said would actually be surprising to people is it kind of sh- it's emblematic of that mentality and it's a really bad thing because there is no reason why you shouldn't be able to say to a woman, "Hey, I need some time. Can you can you please give me a moment?" Yes. And and any girl that likes you to have enough to have sex with you is going to be fine with that. Okay, it's only when you're in this PUA mindset, like get the lay as quickly as possible before she changes her mind. That's the only reason you would feel uncomfortable doing that. Something I'm realising about the PUA mindset, as you put it, is, yeah, I don't think it's very healthy. And I think it's based on the idea of this woman doesn't really want you. She doesn't want you at all. And you have to figure out a way to trick her into having sex with you before she actually realizes before she comes to her senses and realizes that we realizes what you've done you know do you not agree i feel like it's about an adversarial nature where you're like a hustler you're a con artist and you're looking for marks and like the woman is the mark and then you con her you get the sex and now you've got the sex you you know you run you leave or whatever i reckon that is so common that is so common in like our industry yeah because our industry are people that they grew up being bad with women and then they learn and then they suddenly start getting these women in their lives so i bet it's extremely common to believe that they don't deserve it and then that's where the 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 problems start happening and yeah and it leads to the sort of things that we've been talking about and probably a lot of mistrust and like um let's say even hatred of women as well yeah, and that's going to block a, a, a real connection. It's going to block being present with her. Like, why is it that I can't think of anyone else who's going out there and interviewing women like I am? Why? Can you think of anyone else who's doing what I do with these sexual interviews? I, I don't know anyone, like, as, as, as commonly. I mean, yeah, but I don't go, like, looking for it, especially. But I don't know. My question is, why is it so rare? Like, I'm sure there's loads of guys who saw those interviews like, what? He's talking to a woman? But you're a men's dating coach. You can't talk to a woman. Like, why? It's kind of enforcing that idea of the division. No, because then they will they will learn our tricks and our secrets and stuff. And team man, team woman. I think it's all rubbish. I feel like I might be talking in a circle, but that whole notion of the separateness and men are over here women are over there we stay here they stay there we have our conversations in has between us they have their conversations in has between them and men will speak the truth to each other women will speak the truth to each other but we won't speak the truth to one another i think that's so bad i think that's so terrible and i think that causes much of the issues and the problems that both genders have trying to relate to each other so I just wanted to wrap up with some ideas for what people can do if they are in like struggling with like sexual anxiety, feeling inadequate. So it's just some bullets, I guess, of the things that we were talking about. First off, don't rush. Enjoy the moment. Don't be obsessed with just trying to get get the lay and, and get another notch on your belt. Like if you have invited a girl to to come and watch like Mulan or the Disney films or stand up comedy, like don't be afraid to like actually do that and enjoy that build comfort with her get to know the girl share intimate stories like we we advise to do that that's not just for her that's so that you can get more comfortable as well 
if you're if you're doing the foreplay, just learn to enjoy that. The touch of her lips, how soft her skin is, like the way she squirms when you touch her. All these things, okay. If you're nervous, like don't be afraid to say it. this. This is something that's been really really good. And if for whatever reason, like the girl isn't isn't happy to be patient and with you, you know what? Abundance. Like she's not the right girl for you. Obviously. Like, learn game, find another girl. Like, don't worry about that sort of thing. Out of all the things we've talked about, I would definitely recommend meditation. That's going to help you become more present to the moment. Of course, do all the other stuff: diet, exercise, no fat, look into moving the sexual en- energy, even tantric sex if you want to. Definitely, I want to touch upon this like general self-esteem work, general work on losing your ego, like all this stuff that Kira mentioned about uh, not feeling good enough. That's if if you can work on that in general, that's gonna really help you relax when you're in bed with a beautiful girl as well. But most of all, for sure, be present to the moment. Last thing I want to say or repeat, I suppose, great sex is about connecting with the other person. When you're in your head, you're not with her, okay? But when you are present, there is no past, there is no future, there is no past ex-boyfriends to compare yourself to there's no reputation as to live up to there's no there's no ideal performance to copy there's no oh my god how is this going to affect our relationship in the future presence is key being in your head is terrible in any kind of area there's no place where being in your head is a good thing unless i guess maybe if you're if you're a scientist trying to figure something out then fine but any kind of scenario where you're engaging with people being in your head is an absolutely terrible thing it really is so if you're just with a woman like in a bar or a club and you find yourself in your head pull yourself out of your head like literally take your consciousness out of like the paranoia about what you're going to say and how she's going to react and then come into the music feel the music nod your head to the music look and see what you can see and smell what you can smell because you're not paying attention to all of those things when you're telling yourself you don't know what to say and that's the reason why you don't know what to say because what you're thinking about is the fact that you don't know what to say whereas if you really look at her lips and she's wearing bright blue lipstick then it's like why on earth are you wearing bright blue lipstick that's unusual talk to me about that come out of your head like in the bedroom as well when you're in your head in the bedroom you're not aware of how soft her breasts feel you're not thinking about that at all you're just thinking about the fact that you think she thinks you're not good enough but then if you're thinking about the fact that she's not good enough or sorry that you're not good enough you're gonna give off not good enough energy and then she's either gonna worry that maybe she's not good enough or she'll agree with you that you're not good enough but either way it's like a bad experience that isn't going to be satisfying is there anything in particular that you do to help your students get out of their head if they struggle with that when you're in your head it's because you are your consciousness is inside your head and you have to come into the environment so again a guy who's in his head isn't actually aware of the fact that some Takashi 69 track is playing in the background and that he hates Takashi 69. He's not aware of that because he's in his head. Whereas if he comes into the environment, then all of a sudden now he's got stuff to talk about. When people are with people who they really know, so like any man who's listening who you're scared around women, fine. But let's say your best friend who you have no fear communicating with whatsoever. When you and him are together, you're basically just in the environment. So a car goes by and then you go, oh my God, have you seen the new Fast and Furious film? And he's like, what? Fast and Furious is a load of rubbish. You're like, oh man, you're stupid. And then he's like, oh yeah, that reminds me of blah, 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 blah. And then you'll go, you like bounce around off tangents based on what's happening around you. That's what people do with people who they're really comfortable with. They're just like in the moment together and then whatever pops up is what pops up. But then when we're insecure and in our own heads, we pull ourselves away from that. So something I really say to the guys I coach is to come back into the moment, like see what is around you. Even if it's just like your shoes are really prickly that is actually something that you can start like you know what my shoes are killing me hey you know there's this new fantastic shoe that i saw tom cruise wears blah 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 it's not so much about what you specifically say 
it's about the vibe and the energy that's it i want another thing as well this is for some man who's listening so it's kind of like this as men we think that words are really important like we really do we sort of think like the jury at a trial where it's your honor no not like the jury we think like a lawyer giving like a deposition and every word is there for a specific reason and every word has been meticulously crafted but really and truly when you're socializing with people and women especially it's not really like that it's like for the most part your words are just an excuse for your personality to get across and it is the same is kind of true for sex as well but it's like it's about the vibe which is why you can say to a woman oh i'm really happy to see you and you can be like oh i'm really happy to see you and if you said it the second way she'd be upset because she can feel the sarcasm it's not really about the words it's about the vibe so rather than worrying about what specific things you're going to say or even what specific things you're going to do in the bedroom just actually focus on enjoying yourself in that moment and that's what's gonna sweep her up into this cauldron of sexual explosion yes one last thing it sounds like a lot of the things that you and i teach about getting good with like conversations and 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 getting the girl they also translate into the bedroom like the skills that's very interesting yeah i never really thought about that me neither i was just thinking that as we were speaking but yeah that is the case so anyway this has been an episode of the game global podcast we have the game academy which launches on the 2nd of june now i promise you we haven't just called it the academy for nothing something that always used to get me down back in the day was that dating advice was really disparate so you'll see like some texting advice here you'll see some day game advice here night game advice there but there's nothing to really sort of take your hand and walk you through everything you need to know kind of like if you were at a school or a college or something this is your curriculum that's what we've provided at game academy it's basically a curriculum so gameglobal.net forward slash ga for more information thank you to mr joe elvin for being here thank you to the person who is listening and yeah everybody have yourselves a fantastic day